On this episode of The Playbook, I have Tony Richardson, former NFL fullback and current NFL Legends community director, and we are going to talk about success, how there's no cutting corners to success, and how you need to hear no, and failing as an entrepreneur actually prepares you for future success. Join me for all of this and more on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneur's The Playbook where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host and CEO of Sports One Marketing, David Meltzer. This is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs of Playbook, and I'm so excited because I have Tony Richardson, ex-NFL star, 17-year vet. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tony, I've been blessed... Uh, as a human being, but to be around people like you. What was incredible is I knew of you, yeah. and I never really got to know you, but everyone who knew you kept saying, do you know Tony? This is a guy that lives by the principles in which you teach. Um, I'm going to take it back a little bit because this is a playbook for success. Mm-hmm. You know, It's not easy to be a professional football player, but the character traits, the education, the situational knowledge that we have to get to the superior level of anything can be carried over. And your whole profession right now is really to help other people transition from those skill sets into things that aren't necessarily playing in the league. Definitely. Where did that start for you? Because so many people can't do that. Yeah, I think for me, um, you take it all the way back to, I guess, ground level of being born in Germany, uh, raised by a father, a strong military man, um, really having that structure of, you know, seeing every single day of my life, my mother and my father together working as a unit. And uh, I was the youngest of seven, so I was the baby. So I had, you know, I had, I had a lot of great examples around me of, of things to do, things not to do. Um, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, I kind of, my parents Were had any of your siblings professional athletes No, not nah, funny enough, I'm actually the only one that actually had a football scholarship. Um, so no one else. We, but it's funny, growing up in Germany, football really right. wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. Like, we grew up playing soccer. Like, you know, the days of Pele, like, we would, you know, I, for me, if I got a chance to watch TV to watch soccer, that was great because in, in Germany you have one television station. And so to watch football, like, you literally had to stay up, like, late night, and my parents weren't having it. So right. it didn't come on, like, Sunday afternoon. So we didn't watch football. So I didn't really, football never was anything that I dreamed of doing, never thought that I could do it. Um, But one thing my parents really stressed was, number one, just being a good person, um, you know, doing the things you're supposed to do, and education. So I think having those kind of skill sets, well, not even skill sets, but having those kind of um, reminders in my life, sometimes I had to to get a little bit more reminders. But having those reminders in my life really helped me out uh, tremendously. You know, it's interesting because you're so disciplined. And when you play in the league for 17 years, like my business partner who played as well for 17 after he played six in Canada, you know, you see a trend and you know, there's. I'm a parent right now, mm-hmm. right? Three teenage daughters, a nine-year-old, and I was at the flag football game last weekend, and the coach was yelling, not swearing, yeah. but yelling at the kids. And so many of the parents were appalled, like, why is he yelling? Mm-hmm. And you and I played football at the time when, you know, and our parents were disciplined. What do you think about discipline? You know, do you think, you know, in bosses, parents, that it, it still should be? You know, I, I don't believe in abuse. Yeah. But, like, there's something to be said about, hey, show up here. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think your parents were pretty strict. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and that, I'm sure they yell, raise their voice once in a while. Yeah. And, and that's really what it, what it boils down to because, I, you know, I really believe, like, the discipline and structure 
at an early age really helped me keep my life in order now and even obviously when I was playing. So I really believe in it because I think um, with a lack of discipline, without structure, um, you know, kids and young people are just going to go all over the place. And I use this analogy all the time when I speak to young people and I always tell them like, yeah, we used to live in Fort Knox, Kentucky. I said they have a, a beautiful race there called the Kentucky Derby. And I say, if you ever um, look at the horses, I say before they line them up, they put the blinders on them. And I said, and that's the same thing we have to do in our life. I said, I knew when I was getting ready for college and I was preparing to maybe get a scholarship, I put the blinders on and I wasn't going to let anything take me off of that path. And I think that wasn't something I learned overnight. It was just the fact that my dad always would say, and I could tell you a great story, son, if you're going to do something, it's worth doing right. And I remember one time my dad was like, hey, you know, son, go wash your car and then you can go, you know, play with your friends or whatever, whatever. So, of course, being a young mischievous kid as I was, <laughs> so I watched the car, I watched the side of the car closest to the, to, the, uh, to the house. So all he could do was look out the window to see that I watched that side of the car. <laughs> 30 minutes later, I get this call down the street and he's telling me to come back and he made me rewatch the car. And the one thing he would always say, son, if you're going to do it, he'd say, sweep the corners. Sweep the corners like if you told a young person, hey, sweep this floor, they're going to sweep every area you can see. But he was always saying the detail and the little things you need to do, the corners, when you do the house, when you do the car, do the whole car. So I had to learn that just over time, just understanding, like, if you're going to do something that's worth doing right, don't let anything distract you. Because once you do it, you do it right the first time, there's nothing going to be able to take you off that course. And that's why when I speak to young people, I had a speaking engagement this morning, um, speaking to some ninth graders and about just anything I say, anything in life you want to do, you can do it. There's nothing, don't let everyone, anyone tell you you can't do it, but you have to put those blinders on. So that means if your buddies are saying, hey, you know what, let's go out on Friday night, but you know you have stuff to do on Saturday, you got to be able to be strong enough to say, no, I can't do that because this is where I'm headed. Or if I have a big test to take, I can't do that because this is where I'm headed. And I think that having those blinders on really helped me tremendously. And you help so many people, you know, it's, it's amazing. Why do you think, um, it's so important you uh, actually let me take a step back because I want to know what are you doing yeah. today right let's okay. start there because I think it'll help get into the philanthropy that, side of it because you do speak a lot yeah. and, but all types of different people you're helping what's your your job now yes yeah, so my job is uh, it's called NFL legends community yeah. um, there's 23 other guys that do exactly what I do so um, I'm actually a, a director and so my job is to, um, as guys transition into the National Football League, we help them in that transition from a mentoring standpoint. But more importantly, we help them as they transition out. Uh, Tracy Perlman and Troy Vincent, um, we, well, we, report, we all report to Troy, and then Tracy is under Troy's um, player engagement. And it's, um, it's something we should have been doing, to be honest, 20 years ago. Yeah. Because we see the stories. We hear about you know, athletes all of a sudden. They might have you know, money, and obviously we know there's a difference between money and there's a difference between wealth. <laughs> yeah. So you have money and then all of a sudden it's like, they're, you know, there they go, their blinders are off and they're, now they're free because, you know, for 17 years of my life plus college, I knew what time I had to be up, I knew what time I needed to be in the bed, I knew what time I had to be to work, I knew what time I was gonna get off. We had a schedule every single day, it's, on, it's either on the board or it's, they give it to you. So all of a sudden, that day you retire, there's no more schedule. They're not calling you to say, hey, you gotta, it's all of a sudden it's like, boom, those blinders are off and then, you know, you know, and sometimes you have to unfortunately pick up the pieces. So now what we're doing with the player, with, um, with Legends community is while guys are still playing, we're keeping them focused about trying to figure out some of the things they want to do. And a lot of guys sometimes don't quite know what they want to do, but I tell them, especially the guys that are the Jets and the Giants I work with, I'm like, look, if you live in New York City, you don't need the money. So how about in the off season, even during the season, go take an internship. There's not one company on Wall Street, there's not one. There's not one company in New York City. If, if as a Jet or a Giant, you walk in and knock on the door, because right. you're gonna get you're gonna get the main guy. You're not getting the, you're not getting the right. gatekeeper. <laughs> you're getting the main guy, and just say, hey, you know, I just want to shadow. I want to see what you do on a day to day, 
And I said, you might do 10 of those, and nine of them you may hate, because you might, you might say, this just isn't for me, and that's, that's normal. But there might be that one thing that you find. It could be philanthropy, it could be fundraising, it could be, um, you know, like the Brickershaw first, and he, he's, on, he's doing Wall Street, and that's yeah. what he enjoys, that's his passion. Whatever it may be, just find something, because, like I said, there's rich and there's wealthy. Wealth, you can't lose wealth, but you can lose rich real quick. Yeah, real quick. I've <laughs> done that. <laughs> if you don't have something that keeps you getting up every day, keep you motivated, keep you moving, then you can kind of fall into a, a pit. So that's, that's what my day-to-day job is. It's so interesting because in your position uh, as a player and now working for NFL Legends, you know, there's a ton of financial planners out there, yeah. right? There's yeah. NFL certified planners and yeah. all of those. And it's interesting because I get hit up all the time because mm-hmm. of my position. Oh, sure. Dave, can you introduce me to Tony yeah, and all yeah. these guys? And, and I try to tell them, look, and they all do have really good intent. They're like, Definitely. well, these guys are 75% of them are losing their money and mm-hmm. it's because they're getting ripped off, they're getting bad advice. I don't really think that's the case. Yeah. I think you're the solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everyone should be able to choose whatever financial planner it is and, you know, pick from three or whatever. And it doesn't matter as much as this point that you're making, that they have to change their lives. They oh, have sure. to go from having someone else set their routine you're right. into setting their own routine. Every day. And, and, <laughs> and, if, and if you never set your own routine and you don't know what to do and you haven't thought about it, you know, this experiential side, informational interviews, internships, yeah. and we're blessed because I coach... Uh, a lot of players mm-hmm. playing, transitioning, and have transitioned. And I see a very common pattern of they know their why, mm-hmm. they just don't know what. Exactly. And so how do you help someone, because this is an entrepreneurial problem, you know, they all, everyone's why is that, and especially athletes, they want to help mm-hmm. their family or yeah, their community so. or the kids or cancer or today's, you know, the su- teenagers committing suicide, yeah. which is important to both of you oh, and I. Sure. How do you help someone figure out their what beyond, you know, the internship, you know, someone's not a jet or a giant, yeah. you know, what, cause you are a guy who knows his what, yeah. how, how, what advice would you give to find the what? Yeah, I think it's, uh, that's kind of a, that's, that's kind of a, that's a tough question because you can't, everybody's what, obviously everyone's what's not going to be the same. Yeah. Um, I think for me, um, and my what, I guess, from how I was raised, like, you know, on any given holiday or any given weekend, there'd always be soldiers sitting at my dinner table that I didn't know who they were. <laughs> but then I, for me, it was just like, then it became a pattern. It's like, oh, my parents, you know, um, for holidays, we'd always go donate our time to give back. And then on, you know, for Christmases and Thanksgiving, we would have soldiers at the house who didn't have anywhere to go. And my parents would open up the house and they were sitting around having dinner, dinner uh, conversations with perfectly strangers. But then I just started realizing like, and my dad would always say, it's like, we all have our 24 seven, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it's really up to you to decide what you want to do with, the, do with yours. And I think it was, a, it was a pattern that I came into when, you know, when I went to the Dallas Cowboys in 1994, um, I kind of already had that mindset of helping and giving back and just didn't quite know how to do it. So I started shadowing guys. I started, you know, following Emmett Smith and Emmett would take me to like some of his events. Um, I would do different things with, you know, Daryl Johnson and some of the things he was involved in. But I think it really hit me when I went to Kansas City because in Kansas City, they make it in your contract. They, they put in your contract, you have to do five gratis appearances. That was Carl Peterson's deal. And so, you remember that? <laughs> yeah. so you had to do five, and all of a sudden you're like, you know, you're with Derek Thomas, and he's like the greatest star that you've ever seen. And you, one of my with, old clients, exactly. man, the best. And you're with Marcus Allen. You, one of, these guys are your heroes, but yet still on Tuesdays, you're seeing them in the community. Like you see Warren Moon, you know, giving, giving back, and it's like, wow, I'm this little peon, but here's these superstars, and they're doing it, and they're doing it because it's the right thing to do. Not for like, you know, a lot of times we do stuff with Derek, you know, when he was working on his literacy, 
we'd go into like, and he didn't want, he didn't want any cameras. And he was yeah. like, it wasn't about him trying to get more television time. It was just more so because he believed in this is what these kids need. And he understand how important uh, education was to these young people. And he also understand that education helped him kick down some doors that may have been closed coming out of Miami. So that for me was my what, and I think that's the same thing. Like, you know, everybody's what is going to be different. It doesn't have to be, everybody's not going to be as philanthropy, you know, mindset. Yeah. Your what could be like, you know what? I need to make enough money to make sure my mom never works again because she's provided for me since the day I was. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like you said, you know, when we did our, um, we did our deal at 4040, you said, you know, um, and I think the Bible even says that, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil. But we need money because your money allows you to go shopping. Exactly. Exactly. I love so you it. Can yeah. go, I remember that. If you that, shop that for what me. you want, you can shop for what you want. And it doesn't mean you have to go out and buy a fleet of cars, but you, it gives you the freedom to shop to say, you know what, this is what I want to buy. I want to buy. I want to buy my mom a house because she provided for me. I want to be able to donate money to the Boys and Girls Club because I realized that if I didn't have the Boys and Girls Club growing up, that I would have been a kid that would have been getting into a lot of stuff. Right. So whatever, that, I think that's what you know, money allows you to do. It allows you to shop for the things you want. And I think, and I think you know, money should, I think it should be a motivator. It's not your only motivator, but it does allow you to do more things. And a lot of times, you know, because of the media, the negative things yeah. get, you know, blown right. out of proportion. Yeah. You know, the problem with the negative things, too, is they keep replaying it, and it seems like it happened 100 times, mm -hmm. but it really only happened once, <laughs> yeah. right? Meanwhile, yeah. they're not showing, for example, Russell Wilson, who loses the Super Bowl, and the Tuesday after the Super Bowl's in the Seattle Children's Hospital mm -hmm. doing what he does every, without cameras. Exactly. Right, yeah. right. That, that's a guy who's there for a purpose. Fear is an interesting thing, especially for NFL people. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think a player is fearless and, uh, you know, coming out into the world from playing. Mm -hmm. What's the greatest fear, uh, you know, that you see with younger players as they transition? What, what, what's the thing that really keeps them up at night? Uh, I think just like trying to figure out what's next. Because I think that, because guys, I, you know, and one thing I've seen just from my experience, obviously being there as well, is like, like, if a player knows, like, you know, Monday, this is what I have to do. Tuesday, this is what I have to do. All of a sudden, when guys start to realize, like, I'm getting close to the end of my career, sometimes it happens a, a lot uh, earlier than they anticipate, of trying to figure out, like, you know, when this is over, what am I going to do next? And I'll be honest, like, I went through a period of time, and I had, I had finished my undergrad, I finished my MBA, I thought I had all the ducks in line. All of a sudden, that day, and I knew it was my last game, it was against the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2010 going into 2011 and I just remember like okay it's over and I remember like for a year I was I struggled and that's just to be honest like it was and I thought I was prepared I was like this you know this never bothered me yeah and all of a sudden that day hit and it was just like you know the first couple of days you're like oh it's cool I can sleep in next thing you know you're watching Lifetime Movie Network you're hanging out <laughs> you're just sitting around the house all day right. long but I think that's the fear that you know because then it's just like and I think a lot it's a lot of it tied into uh, who we are and our identity and I think you know me I never wrap my identity around playing sports but it's also like oh yeah tony richardson from the from the jets oh yeah you used to be tony richardson from the right, jets no i'm be. still the same person <laughs> so i think i think a lot of that your identity is gone from yeah. what you know society says it is um trying to figure out what's next and how do you motivate yourself to get up and that's why i think a lot of times that's why you know events like tonight when you start talking about mental health when you start talking about suicide prevention because we see a lot of our guys and that's something we deal yeah. with on the nfl level that they seem from the exterior everything is perfect and then all of a sudden they go deep 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 into those dark valleys and, and you know they're popping the pain pill it's everything else because that's the fear that you kind of that you deal with on a regular basis it's amazing too our friend chris hale i remember his great line was 
you experience two, when you're a football player, you experience two deaths. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, and that first death, you have to literally go through a mourning, no matter how successful it is. Oh, for sure. And he was saying, you know, he was like you, yeah. right, out in the business world, yeah. and yet for a good year or two, I think I mean, he said, was it about was two. <laughs> really, di really difficult time. Yeah. What advice would you give to either an entrepreneur or a football player, you know, that has to take that that leap, right? Yeah. You know. When you're an entrepreneur, most of them are in a job that they don't like, yeah. right? And they have an idea, they have a dream. And it's the same as that death, you know, I, and I'll use lawyers as an example because mm -hmm. I have a law degree. Yeah. I have so many friends that I'm 51 years old mm -hmm. and they're calling me going, I just can't take it anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can't, it's 25 years mm -hmm. I've been doing this, but they have to take the leap oh, the same sure. way. Yeah. What advice would you give you know, to get started. I think the biggest thing is don't, well, we talked about this as well. I'm like, I feel like I'm quoting everything you <laughs> Good, said. Good, yeah, quote it. It's a <laughs> uh, replay, we'll call this the replay book. <laughs> well, I think number one is don't be afraid of no, because your no's are really what's gonna force you to, your no's, your no's are gonna, every time you get a no, it's either gonna, it's gonna harden you. It builds you up. It's okay. Like there's gonna be no's, and on, before you get that one yes, it's probably gonna be ten no's, which is totally fine. And don't don't be afraid to fail. I think that's the biggest thing, especially in the entrepreneurial world. And a lot of my friends who who've taken that path, it's like, man, if I quit my job and I jump out here and do this, man, what if I fail? Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, what if you succeed? You know, and then obviously you start doing your C, you start doing your all your um, your fundraising and everything else, and it's like, man, everyone keeps telling me no, everyone keeps telling me no, but that. It's going to be that one opportunity because you got to keep, my dad would say, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. So, um, <laughs> you know, don't be afraid of the no and don't be afraid of failure. It's I think like Betsy Glenn, you don't get less you oh, ask. Right? Yeah, exactly. I, exactly. I love Betsy. Um, but yeah, I think those are two, if I can say two things, I would say don't be afraid of the no and don't be afraid to fail because I love reading, you know, kind of self-help books. And I think every person that's successful in some form of life. It doesn't have to be that they own like a 25,000 square foot home and have a bunch of cars, but could be successful in helping, you know, um, raise money to, you know, build boys and girls clubs. Um, they've all had failure at some point in their life. And the failure really taught them how, one, how to deal with it, because you're going to fail. Like, shoot, I started on practice squad. Right. <laughs> that day I got, that day they called me in <laughs> and Barry Switzer said, uh, yeah, we got to let you go. That was a failure, because I thought, you know, battling against Tommy Agee, Auburn guy, he had took me under the wing and it was like, it was me and him, and obviously Daryl Johnson wasn't going anywhere. And they said, okay, we're going to put you on practice squad. I said, coach, I thank you so much. I will not let you down. And from that day forward, I was working and working and working. So that was a no, but I took that no and turned it into a positive situation, into a yes, and I used it as a learning experience and, and build a career. And that's great advice. I know, you know, I was talking about Jerry Jones, yeah. and people don't realize, you know. Same thing. He had a dollar. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> it's one watch. thing, like, like I always say, What's good about no is you, is you learn about what you're going to do when you receive a no. Yeah. Like you get to learn what you're going to do. And I, you know, even with my teenage daughters, mm -hmm. you know, you, your fear for rejection and, you know, breaking oh, up with their, exactly. and I'm like, no, this is good. Yeah. I want to see what you do mm -hmm. with these rejections because that's what makes us. No doubt. It, you know, like if everything goes easy, one of the things in my career that was ruined is things got so easy, mm -hmm. right? When I became like a Midas, everything I was doing, yeah. That, that's the worst time of my life. Mm -hmm. Like I need to learn and I want to say, look, I'm pushing so hard, yeah. I'm risking so much that I'm gonna receive this failure, this mistake. Mm -hmm. For me, it's a lesson. Yeah. But you know, Jerry, even building that stadium, yeah. people, yeah. they, they, they don't even realize buying the Cowboys, yeah. what a big risk that was. Exactly. And he went to his kids and his wife and said, look, we might lose everything. Mm -hmm. But then to redo it again, exactly. you know, and now right. even still, um, last question, you know, what's more important the, the success 
you know, being able to say, hey, I had that, or, you know, that 17 years in the league and all the great honors that you received, or enjoying the journey today yeah. that doesn't have the fans and the accolades and all that. I, I think enjoying the, <clears throat> enjoying the journey today, just simply because what, I mean, I guess that 17 years kind of set up what I'm able to do now, but I think I'm, because I'm, now I'm all about impact. And, and I enjoy it. Like, I literally, my days are, 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 are more full now than they, they were when we I played. Play. And I love it. I enjoy it because, you know, like, because the thing, like, I spoke at a school this morning and there was one teacher there. She's like, hey, you know, uh, you're such a great speaker and the kids really relate to you. I have another event coming up. Boom, there's another door open. Just to, and it's just sharing a message because me growing up in Germany, like, I never met a professional athlete ever. Right. My first time meeting a professional <laughs> athlete was when I went to college. So if... You know, I was wondering why you're talking to yourself in the mirror. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if I could tell, just think about one child that you can touch their life could go on to do some amazing things. Like we just, you were talking about your school you built. So Anthony Lynn, who's a good friend yeah, of mine. Great guy. Uh, he was my running back coach in, in, um, in here with the Jets. He used to live in my neighborhood in Long Island City. So my buddy Ravi and A. Lynn, I didn't get a chance to go on this trip, but we just built a school in Tanzania. And same awesome. thing. And it was like, I got all the videos and, you know, obviously, obviously helped, you know, raise the money. So we, Robbie and I were talking. He's like, man, you have no idea. I said, Robbie, think about it. One child who, was, who would never be able to get education in Tanzania and now has water wells that we put a water well in. One child could change the entire, he could change everything. He could change the world. Yeah. You never know. And that's, just, that's, that's when you start talking about, like, impact. And that's when you start realizing so, that, you know, forget about scoring a touchdown or another paycheck. It's about when you can do stuff like that that makes a difference. Yeah, I think about there's this woman from Africa. We had her at our Unstoppable Gala. She was a teacher, yeah. and she gave $12 a month mm -hmm. and ended up, the kid who you sponsor a child, ended up going to Harvard, there you go. going to law school, <laughs> yeah. Post, yeah. and he came back, and he thought that this woman would be this extraordinary wealthy mm -hmm. woman yep. that gave him the opportunity. And, and now wow. he is impacting millions of people. One person. And, yeah. One person at a time. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, what's great is I tell people all the time, use... Your, whatever your celebrity is, yep. your superpower, use that as the bug light to springboard yep. to help other people. The money will always come. Yep. It really does. Well, I certainly appreciate it. Your Thank playbook you. success is extraordinary. There's no doubt that you're going to impact tons of people. Um, really appreciate you being on the playbook. Thanks for having me. Tony Richardson, NFL superstar, legend, of course, but most importantly, a great philanthropist. Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs, The Playbook. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Playbook as much as me. On a personal note, I just wanted to thank everyone for making The Playbook such a success. Don't forget to continue it by sharing, subscribing, and listening to your favorite episodes. This is Dave Meltzer with The Playbook.